You're listening to Red Nation Online. Thursday, March 17th. This is the official Inside Standout preseason podcast. Much like Toronto FC, not all is in order as we're down one mic and Steve Perry, Tim Vickery, and myself, Ian Clark, make do as best we can. The similarities are eerie as surely things will improve as the season goes on and we cover all that has gone on since Aaron Venter has arrived. The match versus Vancouver and the season to come can surely only get better from here for both us and Toronto FC, right? This is Eastside Stand Up. I don't know if we're going to have the audio clip to start off the podcast, but, you know, to give us the indication. Are we live then? Well, we are kind of, well, we're kind of live, right, but I'll, kind of, live. I'll fade it in, right? Because we had a couple ideas. I either had Major League, which I thought was very appropriate. What were we starting at? I was starting, I was going to put in a clip from Groundhog Day, the movie, which actually looked like it was going to work out really well. And I also can, had can a really... You, can't you think of some, like, uh, movie, a clip from some movie where it's like a like a disaster film? What? Or, like, something like you a... Know, you know what the third one was? Like was fucking like, Titanic or like something. Like Japan. Yeah. I was going to do uh, The Matrix when he says you have two options. You can take the red, the red pill or the blue pill. And it's like, you can take the blue pill and stay in the land that you are where it's just like anything that MLC in terms of marketing, it's, we're going to have an attack and football team this year. It's going to be exciting. I'm going to have fun. We're going to make the playoffs. Or you have the red one and it's fucking doomsday post-apocalyptic <laughs> and everything is horrible. And you're just like, yeah, this is, this is what it's really like. Well, well obviously uh, we're all taking the red pill, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Um, well, I mean, there was um, when, uh, when uh, Aaron Vinter was signed, uh, um, just after just after Christmas, wasn't it? It was just in the new year. Yeah, yeah. just in the new year. Uh, it's, obviously, there's a lot of excitement about it with this discussion about the four three three and total football. And I mean, it, most of it's laughable. I mean, it was just for the media's sake, and the media, to a certain degree, uh, like sort of swallowed the red peel, and you know they thought that total football was coming to BMO Field. However, the preseason um, that we, I mean, we can look at the results. It's, Zero wins, two draws, and five losses, with fourteen goals against and six four, and loads of uh, loads of uh, like sort of uh, turmoil with players leaving camp and and fresh sort of outbursts from the the team captain De Rosario about unkept promises, empty promises. He's just going to play the game and try and forget about it all. I mean, it it hardly sort of uh, it hardly hardly rings of like a, a new beginning. It, what it says to me is it's just more the same. Right, uh, but that's what most marketing is about. It's packaging something that's tried and tested and accepted, and just selling it as new. So it's just uh, just taking the same old and wrapping it up in a new wrapper, and then people paying for it. So, and is that what we're thinking? That uh, Aaron Venter will be nothing new. It'll be the same old, same old. Well, I don't know if I mean he, he's walking into what. Preki walked walked into as well. I mean, when we talked last year about Preki holding his face after the first game, going waking up after like hangover and just like, what the hell's where am I? Where am I? Kind of thing. I think that's what is going on here too. I mean, what you I think with Tim, what you just identified is that is correct. I think uh, 
there's a lot of unfinished business that never got settled from last year, and MLSC hasn't taken care of business. They haven't yeah. taken, they haven't kept the players happy. They've a lot of people. There's been a lot of hemorrhaging going on with players, and they have to fill the ranks with uh, amateurs, like people who are inexperienced and are not going to do well in a game in game at game time. Right? It's gonna it's gonna be a disaster. Well, we like, discussed this in the last podcast that we did the mid the mid winter one that we did like in the middle of January. Yep, and. Um, uh, like MLSE is owned, the majority shareholder in it is the the, the pension Te- fund. Teachers, yeah. Now, pension funds aren't known for their risk taking, and now there's uh, the, now there's also sort of a lot of news circulating that the MLSE um, or the MLSE is up for sale, um, or they want to s- sell their majority stake in it for like a couple of a, a one and a one and a half billion dollars. Now, with that as the sort of the background to this, it was very unlikely that. Um, MLSE was going to turn around to Aaron Vinter and say, like, here's some cash. Right. Like, spend some cash because the, 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 the owners of the company are a pension fund. They're very, very, like, sort of frugal. They're not interested in winning cups. They're only interested in long-term revenue. The second thing is, if they're thinking of selling the bastard, then they're unlikely to want to pour, like, millions into it to buy big-name players to win cups. Yeah. I mean, it just goes it goes against the business model. The business model with um, MLSE is the business model with um, MLSE is to sell hot dogs and beer and entertainment and keep the seats full. It's like a cinema, you know. They just pack it out, feed people, entertain them, and then they come back next week for more of the same. That's right. The E stands for entertainment, right? Yeah. So with that in mind, Aaron Vinter. I mean, and thankfully he signed a three-year contract, so at least he's got some insurance that his his job. Or he's going to get paid for three years. Right. He's going to get paid out, or he's going to get paid for three years. Yes. And so I who really knows hope. That, who knows how that's going to work? We out. we we don't know. We yeah, we don't know. Like if like we get to October, November, or September of this year, are we going to see a like you know history repeat itself again with him being hung out to dry? I hope not. I hope he's given the chance because there's one thing that's been proven in football clubs all around the world: the ones that have stable management on the long term do well. The ones that have like a revolving door of management flounder, and we're lucky that we don't have a relegation it's system here everything. because we would have been down in like a, a two divisions below by now. Mm. Stability is true of everything, <laughs> government, business, whatever. Yeah, they Same need they need stability, and if Aaron Vinter doesn't uh, Aaron Vinter doesn't do it this season, then he has to be afforded the chance and the time, but also the resources to make it happen in the long term. And personally, I think he has my vote of confidence because the last thing I want to see is another manager. I don't want to be in September or July or August, and like there's another manager or the caretaker takes over. Bob DeClerc is, you know, is is taking over. That's I think that's I don't, th- I don't want to be in that situation. Yeah, and that's Aaron I think Aaron Vinter, regardless of what happens this season, because I think I know we all know it's going to be to a certain extent a bloodbath. Regardless of what happens this season, um, I think that the 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 fans, the supporters, the critics have to get behind Vinter and understand that he's got a fucking huge job to do. With minimal resources, right, and that's what I think. Uh, I mean, you touched on that just a second ago about you know the way the season's going to go, and and you know who's where the responsibility lies. And I think when you talk about something like uh, patience that needs to be shown, um, a lot of times it gets thrown out. The supporters are the ones that need to be patient, and the supporters are the ones that need to you know just sit back and, and realize this year is going to be a re- rebuilding year. But I do think it's important that it's. I don't think it lies on on us. It lies on MLSE. It lies on, you know, last four years has been this ownership group, 
um, you know, doing a lot of knee-jerk reactions and, and hastily signing players without thinking about, you know, Ali Gerba has played on 10 teams over the last 10 years. Is this a guy that you want and also in your un- club? And also unconsidered management decisions on who's going to be in charge of the club. Yeah. Instead of, like, you know, making a considered approach to it to get the right person. Like, as we said, like... Mo Johnson just flicked through his Rolodex, found somebody new, and hired them. Right. Or, or they phoned him and said, "Mo, I need a job." And he says, "Ah, I need, I need, I need to hire someone." And yeah. it just that's the way it kind of worked. It was like an old boys' network, which hopefully we move away from. Yeah, because this is, uh, you know, it's it's year five, and uh, that's the other thing that I was thinking of in yeah, terms of like it's year one though. Well, that's it. it. Is year one. But you know what I mean? Like that's one the thing. Last, the last five years. Everyone, years. I think, I think a lot of people have kind of put up their hands and been like, "Yeah, it's we're back to an expansion year." And I'm, and part of me is like, "Is that really acceptable? Like, is that really, is MLC really going to let that slide through this whole year and just kind of like snake through it with just being like, it's a rebuilding year, rebuilding year of what? You know, like what?" Has, on everyone's heard that line too many times. Well, but everyone, too many, they no, swallow they, it. No, they they no one, swallow it. No one swallows it. No, but they, yeah, but they, yeah, but they still bitter, but they show up at the games. They still fork out their money. They it's don't just do like, anything. how else are you going to, like, okay, we're bitter about it, and you go to bed and wake up the next day and do nothing yeah, about it. Yeah, but that's it. just that's the, the same as being right? like some henpecked husband who, like. Who are you blaming here, though? What choices do you have? Oh, the, you do have a choice. You have a choice. Are choice. Are we choice. Had a, you know what? We had a choice at the end of are, last season. Are, are we going to start another, are we going to have another team? Are we going to start up another team? If you see, yeah, but no, think of it like what this. What are the choices? Really? The choices are. There is no choice. There is a choice. No, there is a choice. Last year, people made a choice of not renewing their season tickets. And when they did that, MLC reacted. And that was the choice that people yeah, but made. But what was the reaction? The reaction, like, now we're seeing the reaction yeah, in the cold light of day. Like, the, the, the rubber's about to hit the road. We've got, like, what, one day until the first game of the season. Like, the, the, the reaction was hire Jurgen Klinsmann. Jürgen Klinsmann charges him a couple of hundred thousand bucks to go through the system and look at this and look at that, et cetera, et cetera. They hire Aaron Vinter and they hire a new team like of managers and assistant coaches. And then we look at the uh, that we look at the team that we're we're gonna be like starting the, the game uh, tomorrow with, and it's kind of like a, like a who's who of no ones. You yeah, know, up to until a last degree. week, we only had 13 players. I mean, we were joking about this online to each other, about how there's 13 players and two of them were, were goalkeepers. <laughs> and, and this guy here was saying that, uh, I was reading in the Star, that Capo Kelly was saying, you know, we're like a few uh, twisted ankles away from having the ben- having no one on the bench. Yeah. Right? Well, we're like a few twisted way. ankles away from getting uh, having basically players starting who've never fucking played a game of football yeah, before, amateur, professionally. Yeah. And, and, you know... I don't want to slag on the academy because I think it's good to try and give opportunities to the academy. But these players aren't going to like you can't build a team around completely the academy. Yeah, well, there's no. there's four there's four players who have been brought into the system Today. as like last minute ditches. There's Today. there's Ashton Morgan, Matt Stinson, Keith Macaibura, and uh, Oscar Gordon, who are all graduates from the academy now in the first team roster, and. Um, to me, that just stinks of desperation. I, mean, I don't want to disparage the the young players, but what it doesn't, it, I mean, they couldn't. They, you can't possibly tell me that Toronto FC is sitting on four gems no. that they've groomed and got ready. I mean, you might be lucky if you get one or two great players out of your academy over like a five or six year period. To graduate four of them basically just means says to me they need bodies. 
But those aren't the only players. Making. Well, yeah, and you know, and don't forget, those bodies don't count against the salary cap. Yeah. So, it's it's fills out the roster while at the same time <laughs> keeping space open. Yeah, which which speaks to your theory. So yeah, yeah. but the pension the pension plan. It's yeah, it's true, and there. not to mention these are young guys who are costing nothing against the cap if they perform well in two years when they're still not counted against the cap could be sold for a profit, pure profit. Mm -hmm. And there's, there you go. There's your business model right there. Yeah. Well, I'm, I've, I'm looking at like, we've, we've imagined like our start in 11 um, that we expect to see sort of out running out on the pitch against um, Vancouver on Saturday. And um, of course, Stefan Fry will be in goal. Uh, the back line, Two familiar faces will be uh, um, will be Khan and Adakora. Um, Khan, of course, left the camp and came back to Toronto in yeah, sort of what a story that mysterious was. circumstances cow. where he was demanding like contract renegotiations, and so it looked like he might even be with the club. Like, for, and then he re rejoined the team. It sounds like that's a familiar story. <laughs> it is, you know. I, I mean, we, didn't we, that happen with Adakora? Adakora was well. Adakora, Adakora still doesn't have a. Um, I guess he doesn't have a contract. I don't think or? he still does. The, the problem with Adakora was, I think he said they wanted a they wanted him locked down on a long contract, so like a four year contract, and he was saying I don't want to sign for that long because you know they could sign him on for four years for a hundred thousand dollars. He could become an excellent player, which he looks like he's on path to becoming a really solid MLS player. And he's, you know, his he's, he's getting paid quite significantly less than what his overall value is. And he's still playing for Toronto FC. Whereas I think, I, just speculation, I'm guessing he probably wants something more like a two-year contract with an option for a third, which means he's here this year, he's here next year. He'll be 23 or 24, which if he's on track for where he is, you can say, thanks, it's been a slice. Um, I think I'm going to go to Denmark or I'm going to go to Norway or I'm going to even go, who knows, maybe to... Uh, Holland or Germany. Yeah. Hey, he's still young. And we still got game same, as well. We have the same issue going on with the Rosario, which seems like a, a spillover from last year, right? Well, hang on. Let's just uh, let's sort just sort out this back line. The, right. the two other players we got in the back line are uh, Omfroy, Demetrius Omfroy, who's a new player. Yeah. He just signed a contract this week. Draft pick. Um, draft pick, that's right. And then we've got Zavaris that we imagine will probably be playing in the back um, on the uh, left back. Uh, the midfield is everyone's favourite holding central defender, Julian de Guzman. He might be injured, though. I oh, really? Think, I don't think he's up for this first game. Oh, wow. I think he's still, because he had that oh, knee, look, he had the knee surgery. The fans will be pleased about that. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Which means, you know what, who was, who's the, uh, there was the uh, the Dutch guy, uh, Abele Bushida, is that his name? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there was a Abele Bushiba. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah that's the guy who I would imagine they signed him. If De Guzman's not gonna go, that's who will probably be way in the mid. So then we'll have uh, we'll have Peterson, Jacob Peterson on the uh, on the um, the right wing, and then Martina, another new player, um, on the uh, the left wing, leaving our front line of. Uh, uh, Mike Santos, De Rosario, and uh, Gordon, Oscar Gordon, who uh, is one of the... Alan Gordon. Alan Gordon, sorry, um, on the uh, at, at front. And I'm not even sure if Santos is good to go either. He's another, I think, another question mark going to this game. So there you, well, there you he, have, you know, you've listed two guys. 
last year, I remember specifically saying week in, week out, talking about how even though De Guzman, you know, did, had far from a successful season, when he wasn't on the pitch, it was noticeable how brutal that, you know, coming out of the back line mm-hmm. it was and, and trying to move forward. So it's going to be, uh, and, it might and, be tough to watch on Saturday. playing at center in the midfield. Yeah, 4-3-3. Yeah. Four, three, three. yeah, and it's it's very much like that's what you're hearing these guys saying. It just sounds like a marketing bullshit ploy. Like with well, that weakness, yeah. you'd probably well, want a four in the midfield. Well, think think about the uh, three part, though. I mean, like, the Guzman plays pretty far back. For a central midfielder, I guess they're going to play. Well, I can imagine he'll sit in the pocket behind uh, Gordon and Santos if Santos yeah. is there. Well, I mean, we've played a four-three-three before, like but a Santos like a plays, an abbreviated like Santos a, plays pretty far up, and there's a lot of distance between where De Guzman plays and where Santos plays. That you know, games are won and lost in the midfield. It's how you control the midfield, and we've basically <coughs> left it exposed. Well, this I should is, imagine Di Rosario. Di Rosario is going to be tracking back a lot to help out in the midfield. I should imagine. Yeah. Well, but this he's is, our he's our playmaker. But, so, but it sounds like we're already playing defense. We're yeah. not even concerned about playing offense. Yeah, which how, is funny how, because how the whole the whole point of the system. Well, we can't win. Well, the preseason has already proved that the team can't win. They've got no wins. No, 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 and I agree with you. And that's what I'm, and like so this whole total football thing is not going to work. Well, well it'll, be, with, it will, but, it'll be total some the, some sort player, of football. Not with the players we have in the way that they play. Not yet. And these are our star players. Yeah, this is our starting line. Not, these not are just the, our starting players. These, these are the are best our eleven. Star players. These are the best eleven that we can Santos, pick. Santos, De Guzman, and De Rosario, and they don't mesh well in terms of this form. In, ter- in terms of this formation, mm-hmm. this is trouble already. Well, yeah, it is. And trouble. they've already they've already put the disclaimer out that you know. Uh, I think yesterday were media day. Nana, well, no, but, no. I'm saying no specifically with no. I'm saying specifically what you're talking about, Steve. That in the media day yesterday, you know, uh, Adakora was saying. I think it was Adakora who was saying. You know, you can't learn a whole new system in six weeks. Which again, you know, if you yeah, track but by, is four is four three three like a new system. I mean, well, let's be honest. I mean, this but, isn't like no, uh, no, this but, isn't like breaking ground we, like football strategy. Four three three. No, but it's about as. It's, it's about like one, as it's rudimentary a, as four four two. And in comparison to last year's lineup, it's one player from the midfield shifting. Up. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Are we gonna sit here and actually argue that Toronto FC has been employing like serious tactics for the last four seasons? Is this what we've seen? Like well, we think they have been. Well, they they have and, been. They, they have they, had a formation. They tried. They've had, yeah, there. We've, they've had a formation, but they have have they employed tactics? Yeah, but I think the thing is, though, Spark is when you have players at a certain level then your tactic or your strategy or your strategy that you employ, then is it really kind of irrelevant? Like if you've got players that are operating below like a sort of a standard, an acceptable standard of professional football, it really doesn't matter what system that you employ because they're not going to be able to get the ball forward whether you play 4-4-2, 4-3-3, whether you play 4-4, like 1-1, like with a far sure. forward. It doesn't really matter. In all honesty, if you're if you've got average players on the pitch, they're going to perform averagely in any system. Yeah, they're not going to be able to hold on to the ball. They're not going to. They're yeah, they're going to get yeah. all out of shape constantly. This is this is my argument. Is just this is like when you have a player like Nan Atacora who's only known Toronto FC. Yeah, right. So I, I can see your point. Where if it's like if you're talking about a professional who's been through a couple of clubs, who you know someone like Santos has come through Brazil. You know, he's been in Europe or he's been around. He knows he knows football. That's where he's from. Yeah. But someone like Atacora 
who's only known Toronto FC. Yeah. And sure, you can say, hey, this is the shape of 4-3-3 Toronto FC. This is the position. That, you know, where the men are on the pitch is one thing. But having each player in that system know exactly what they're going to do when. Like when you think of... <laughs> The way a four three three is supposed to run, I don't think that's ever happened at Toronto FC. They've oh. had the they've had them in the shape of four three three, but have they employed like serious tactics in terms of like you know when this guy does this, he comes here, he cuts back, he's covering for no, him. No, no, no. Okay, and, and it's, and it's like in they this... haven't had they haven't had tactics like that. Okay, but I think in many cases they've been flying by the seat of their pants. I don't think he's wrong though. I don't think he's wrong to say that it takes six weeks to learn a system, and that's the bare minimum. But we all know it's an excuse for losing. We all know that he's trying to just give a, a rationalization for why they didn't do so well in the preseason. But but it does take a few weeks to learn a system. You have to practice it and practice it with each other, and you have to kind of figure out, and especially if you're playing total football, from what I understand about how that's played, uh, players are kind of filling in gaps in their rotation. Yeah, of course. On, if on one a, goes forward, one drops back. Yeah, and so they have to figure out how, how each – how each is going to fill in those spots, and and I think they're the, signing players today. I think that these t- players are already at a six week disadvantage. I think the, the uh, players, I right? think that the the concept of total football in Toronto FC is fucking just ludicrous. Of course, well, yeah. I don't and, think but it's should, a catchphrase, to, right? Yeah, it's it's not, not, what you were saying that this marketing scandal. It's, to, it's and, just you're right. that they shouldn't even be worried about that. Total football is far removed from what they are playing at the moment. They, as, we would just be happy if they played football. Just football, yeah. We just want football, not total football. Any football. <laughs> It's 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 strange. So looking forward to the weekend then against Vancouver. Sure. Um, obviously Vancouver. We've played them a few times in the New well, yeah, Cup. For, again, they're a completely different team than what we've ever experienced before. They've got a new stadium. They've done. They've got a the BC place is being renovated. They're in sort of like a, a makeshift stadium outside of the city that both the, the uh, Canadian football teams playing in and the. And uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, so it's something like you know twenty five thousand, I think it holds. Mm-hmm. Is it that same stadium that only has one side? No, it's not. No, they're out of there. Was, a they're park. in a, they're an Empire Stadium, like a renovated Empire Stadium, which okay. was a, it's a classic Canadian stadium that had track and field events, and the Lions used to play there for a long. I time. I can't imagine Toronto going to Vancouver and being able to put up any sort of show. I think the best that we can hope for at the weekend is a draw, a one all draw. Mm-hmm. I think the worst that we can expect is like a route. You like, think we were even going to score a goal? I'm just saying that's the best we can hope for. Is a or maybe a goalless draw. You know, you know, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, De Rosario, there's always a chance because he can. He is the kind of player that kind of likes to okay. do. Oh it yeah, he's in such a positive frame of mind at the moment, Sparky. <laughs> he's like really up for it. Look, look, yeah, exactly. I agree with him. I mean, two years ago we saw what happened when Christoph De Rosario. He doesn't play. He's not. I mean, he's not really going into this wanting to play. Yeah, he's just saying he they, just wants to. He's saying we're doing this because of the contract, and everyone's echoing that. Like the coach said, like they're demanding him to play because he's on contract, and he's echoing that same kind of thing. Uh, it, this is the season of discontent. He could have been playing in the uh, Scottish FA Cup final. Yeah, no Celtic. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they're doing good. Um, and yeah, Freddie. I mean, you think it's only like a couple of like it's only a few relatively short amount of time ago that Orlando, what Orlando playing the USL? Yeah. They're like a like a no name team, second division, and they smoked us. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I mean, now we're now the first game of the season away, and any time this team gets anywhere near a fucking aeroplane, they fucking lose. <laughs> if they got a if even yeah. if they spe- yeah, they've really got tough. a terrible record on the west coast. That's true. A terrible record on the west coast. 
Yeah, but everyone knows that Vancouver's supposed to be the bottom of the basin. And it's looking, it's looking like it's going to be a struggle for us. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. I, I'd say if we get a, a draw out of this, I don't think it's going to be considered a massive victory. You don't think Vancouver's supposed to be in the basin? No. I think Chivas USA is worse than them. I think New England is worse than them. Uh, I think there's a couple teams. There's a couple. T- uh, San Jose. See, this is the thing, San- though. This thing, though. Sparked but that's about the but MLS. we're we're worse. Toronto FC is worse than all of those. Teams. The thing about the MLS, though, is um, that 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 what you consider like a bad team can sometimes surprise you. Yeah. However, I'm not expecting many surprises from Toronto. Like if we'd seen like more, if we'd seen more draws and a couple of wins in the preseason. It would have sort of said like you know it would have been a statement of intent, but to to roll over so many times and get taken apart so many times and all these player problems and issues and then these last minute drafts to bring in no name players like just to fill out the roster so that when we get these sprained ankles and these knocks and these stitches and whatever they've just got a someone with a pulse to put on the pitch, um, then to me it doesn't sort of and like we said like a week ago. We were talking like a week ago. Was it? It was probably less than a week ago. But we were probably organizing the pod, so we would have been talking about something at some point recently. Were, like we said, there was only thirteen players, like less than a week ago. Yeah, yeah, it was a week ago. Week or two for sure. And so that that just it just it's 19th. it's like they've looked at the calendar and they said, "Shit, we got a game on the nineteenth. We better get some players quick." What we got? Who can we bring in? What can happen? They just rushed everything in. A lot of these players are going to be featuring in first-team football. It's inevitable because these players, these starting eleven that we've sort of po- picked, many of them aren't going to like survive the entire season unscathed without injury or some sort of mishap or suspensions and stuff like that. We're yeah. going to see a lot of these players that have never played a game of professional football Can before. Can we go over who is who's from last year on this team still? Well, from last year we have Nana Adekora. Julian de Guzman, Dan Gargan. Uh, was Sturgis last year? No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Sturgis, I think, was in Seattle last yeah, year. That's right. Adrian Kahn, Dwayne de Rosario, uh, Jacob Peterson, Stefan Fry, uh, Mike on Santos, and that's your lot, mate. Nine? About eight or nine there. That, yeah. was a, that was a short list. Well, that's almost a starting 11. What? Eight players or nine players? Well, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a Hoosiers starting uh, lineup. Who would be my starting lineup? But I'm thinking, but uh, you know, <laughs> I said it's a Hoosiers, the movie Hoosiers. <laughs> when he puts four guys on the basketball, anyways. Yeah. Someone will understand it. Well, uh, well, in our starting, in our starting eleven that we've picked, Stefan, Adrian Khan, Adakora, De Guzman, Peterson, Santos, and Dero. That's seven. But we're not sure about Santos even being. Yeah, but I mean, of our of our players that we've of the available yeah. roster, seven of our players out of the eight or nine that were from last year are in the in the lineup. We think, yeah, but I wouldn't I, I wouldn't rate Jacob Peterson. If we could find a guy, someone to replace him, I think that would be a wise choice. It's probably came down to money. Yeah, he makes a good buck. Jacob Peterson does. Yeah, but is he on like a longer contract? I have no idea. It's probably like the the consideration that was given. We traded for him. We traded for him. So I don't know what the what what happens in that situation, but it's going to be uh, interesting to say the least. So uh, well, let's let's okay, do so a quick there's, there's let's do a quick. Some, there's some similarities between last year and this year. We there's a, a lot of similarities. Yeah, we got, we got, it's a uh, carbon a of, copy almost. Yeah, yeah. We got all, except worse, I think. 
I would say the carbon copy for sure. But the yeah, but it's, it's like a, a copy of a copy. It's yeah, a, it's a degeneration of the original from last year, right? And so we've got a bunch of no names going into the next game, the first game of the season. We're not going to recognize this team. They're not going to recognize each other. Uh, got got s- they've coach. still got six weeks to learn a system. We got a new coach <laughs> with a new strategy. They've got no resources. And we got a new coach to the MLS. That's another. That's, that's that is a big not, thing. That's also something that I find a little bit surprising that people haven't really. And it's nothing to like really harp on, but it's just like, you know, Aaron Venter is is he seems like a really cool guy. He seems extremely professional. He knows the game, but MLS is just like a beast unto itself mm-hmm. in world football. And you can bring in someone who is, you know, look the, at John Carver. Look at his frustrations with the whole system. Sure, he like it looked like it just tore him apart. Yeah, like he was just like an angry, bitter, like resentful guy by the end of it. Yeah, yeah. but I think a lot of that has to do with MLSE, not just the MLS. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so, yeah. <laughs> maybe do with John Carver himself. <laughs> but it's that's the thing is that you know as, as positive as you want to be about uh, the individual, um, you know, he's coming into a system that's that you know just isn't you know welcoming a lot of times yeah. to people that are complex yeah that's that people are used to this type of football which is in europe or in holland or in germany or in england uh come to north america and they're just like a salary cap mm-hmm. you know like brutal refereeing oh yeah oh i can't even imagine how shitty the refereeing is gonna be right like there's just so many factors that i think when that starts playing into it, forget, it'll be interesting you, to see how he manages that. They're the sort of things you forget over the winter. It's yeah. about exactly how bad the refereeing is Oof. in the MLS. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen it. Yeah. So yeah, it's, he, it's almost like a weekly feature on the podcast. So too, at the, uh, the end of the midwinter, the midwinter uh, podcast, we sort of came up with a list of things that would be needed for um, before the end of the kickoff tomorrow basically yeah for us to feel somewhat confident so we we said that we needed uh, the team needed to sign a creative midfielder right which we didn't get no uh we said also said that there needed to be like a first class striker signed right which which, which, which is we also didn't not unlike last year. which we didn't get no we also said that we needed a winger capable of delivering the ball for those wide like free kicks or like even just to bring the ball down and just cross it yeah uh, with the loss of uh, Labroca. He was the only one that could kick the ball anyway, and yeah. he was terrible. I still think you should put the loss in quotes. <laughs> yeah, well, loss, trade, whatever. But we didn't get a winger capable of crossing the ball. Right. So none of the, the three elements that we thought that we would need to uh, sort of make us feel more confident moving forward have uh, have have materialized. Right. So, Steve, what are your thoughts about this season then? Well... First off, I, just after that laundry list that you just listed, the only thing I can think of is that what has really improved from last year? And that was the promise from MLSC, mm-hmm. right? And looking at it, everything looks like everything looks like it's worse. And secondly, I want to say that over the last five years, all we've ever tried to insist on is getting a striker. And that still hasn't been delivered. Well, this, I, this is ridiculous. Yeah, I think it would, you, this, this is going to be the year of discontent. The, win, uh, the winter of discontent. It's not just the winter. It's the year of discontent because we're going into this with uh, a lot of upset players. The, the only um, experienced players that we have are um, are feeling uh, bitter about the team, right? They're not going to want to play for this team. They feel hard done by, and the rest of it's filled up by you know, inexperienced players who will want to play the game 
but won't be capable of playing. Yeah. Game. Yeah. And that's going to lead to further frustration for the Imperial player yep. because they're going to be carrying the weight and trying to school these kids at the same time. They're going to be doing you know, multiple jobs and feeling even more resentful. Learning a new system as well. Yeah. yeah. So this is, new manager. To, to me, if I was to sum it up as, as anything, I, I think we're looking at the year of discontent. And it, on all levels, I mean, you know, just another year for the fans of discontent. <laughs> and certainly it's now filtered over to the players. And what's next? I mean, I mean, it's only a matter of time before Vintage is going to be picked off too. Well, I think uh, from my my perspective, the Vinter. the the closest that Toronto FC is only one of them. There's only one of them. The Vinter of discontent. The uh, the closest Toronto FC is going to get towards the top of the league will be uh, the tomorrow when the, everyone <laughs> is on zero points. Yeah. Um, after that, I think it's just going to downhill. Yeah. Cu- they, if they sort the table by geographic location, starting from the north, moving towards the south, mm-hmm. then we're looking good right now. <laughs> I don't think we can even get it alphabetically, you know? No, we can't. That's why I had to do it like that. I thought about that first. <laughs> um, but New York City's higher than us, No. From a latitude? Are they? No, no they they're can't further be. south, Steve. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. buy an atlas then. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think this season's going to be at all attractive, and I think it's going to be a hard, frustrating year to sit through and uh, and observe and I don't think there was. I I would love to be surprised, but I don't imagine. I just can't see that there's the talent on paper to transfer into a, a total football scenario where we're screaming in ecstasy after witnessing yeah, four nil defeats of New York. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to change the name to the official Toronto FC Wingecast or something like oh, that. Shit. It's gonna. Be, it could be a year like that. I'm sure there'll be moments. Even last year was brutal. Pretty overall, pretty brutal, but it had a couple moments here and there. So that's what at least I'm looking forward to. There's going to be a couple. So you're of looking forward to a brutal year with. <laughs> well, you know what? A brutal year makes sort of average games seem that much better. <laughs> that's maybe what I'm getting. Overall at. brutal, with yeah. moments of average. Yeah, because my it's like uh, you know you're you're you yeah, set you set your expectations so low that anything that. Yeah, towards the end of the year. In, compar- in comparison to previous years. Yes, Steve, we had some good moments. There were some good moments. You did. Chicago. You came to me the two the Here's the two Champions say. League games, and those were fun games to be Here's at. That's what I'm gonna say. Okay, say it. Last year made previous years look great, and we're in for another repeat. And the other thing I'm gonna say is <laughs> is that should be the year, should that be the the slogan for this year? Repeat. <laughs> This year will make other seasons look great. <laughs> the other thing I said last year after the first podcast, it's like they did. Yeah. It's true, well, you did. Well, we did, though. Don't waste your fucking time. It's not worth it, man. It's Steve Ferry. What You're wearing think? the shirt right now. Yeah, but it's. it's no, but. You, team. The. Uh, <laughs> the. Yeah, like it. But without labor. You came around. With the, without labor in the point, there was a massive promise by MLS. E to sort the shit out, get the house in order, and this whole charade. I don't even think that Jurgen Klinsmann did anything. I no, he didn't. He guaranteed he didn't. I just think they just basically they all they wanted to do was sell season tickets. So the whole thing was just a charade. That they yeah, they used Klinsmann's name to make it look like it, it was that, basically they wanted people. They wanted the the season ticket holders to have some sort of level of confidence 
And the only thing that they could do to restore confidence was to bring in a big name like Jurgen Klinsmann. But everyone knows that. Do you think that big name? Do you think that? Do you think we're looking? Just a bunch of bullshit. You think like, like anyone who's ever had to work with a consultant knows that high-pay consultants, it's just like a shallow shell. You're creating a shell organization, and it's just garbage. But if you, you know, do you think that Jurgen Klinsmann's recommendation was what we're going to be like paying for this year? Do you think that's what he like? He's like. Who the fuck even thought Jurgen Klinsmann was a good coach up until like when Germany did so well? Nobody, no one, even even Germans thought he, he was, was going to suck. Well, he was a good goal scorer, but that's about it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the only thing he had going for him. So was Mo Johnson, a great diver as well. Mo though. Johnson was a good goal scorer too. <laughs> Let's not forget that. So anyway, first game of the season tomorrow, yep. March nineteenth. We'll be lucky to get Saturday. Well, yeah, sorry, Saturday. I keep thinking it's Friday. Wow. Today. Yeah. Um, and then the uh, the home opener is on the 26th. Yeah. Portland. Um, Kenny Cooper. Which uh, which will be very exciting, I'm sure. So if we uh, all have our white scarves. It's it's the white flag. We'll be, we'll be waving <laughs> all year long. I think we should all wear black scarves. Yeah. Like black armbands. Mm-hmm. The death of Toronto FC. Oh, my. All right, so we're going to close this up. Yeah, Timmy uh, Timmy on the right. Yep, Sparks in the middle. Yeah, he's so excited. All right, so we'll, <laughs> catch, we'll catch you on the 26th for sure. Talk to you then. Later.